Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artists. We listen to one of their records. We break it down lyrically, musically. We do it all here on Asinine Radio. Most of it. Uh, My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. And five stars only. Don't be that douchebag. Bo Cephas. (laughs) Yeah, don't be a Bo Cephas. What an idiot. What an idiot. Um, all the social media is at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server. If you want to join that, let us know. We'll send you the link. We have a phone number. You can call us, text us, whatever you want to do. I don't care. The phone number is 503-893-5307, so do that. And um, that's all I got for the boring intro. Let's get right into it. What that are we doing boring. today, Jeff? We are doing uh, Slipknot's Iowa. <laughs> Slipknot was formed in 1995 in Des Moines, Iowa by Paul Gray on bass, Sean Cran on percussion, Joey Jordison on drums, Anders Kolsefni on vocals, Donnie Steele and Josh Brainerd on guitar. They currently have seven full-length records, one demo, two live albums, one compilation, and have sold over 30 million copies worldwide. But what we're doing today is Iowa. It's the band's second record, and it was released August August 28, <laughs> 2001. The album features Joey Jordison on drums, Paul Gray, Paul Gray on bass, Sean Cran on percussion, Chris Fain on percussion, Corey Taylor on vocals, Mick Thompson and Jim Root on guitar, Craig Jones on samples, and Sid Wilson on the turntables. So now that we have that super long <laughs> other intro, everybody in Iowa is what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, seriously. Fucking so many goddamn members. 
Um, all right. So, what is uh, what's your origin story with Slipknot? What do you got? Go. I don't. I don't remember the exact moment it was, but it was. It was. It was through you. I. I this band just. I. I don't. Don't know. Didn't care. Took a long time for me to care about this band and, and get past the, the silly masks and the <laughs> stage antics, which I still think is silly. I think the masks are dumb and the costumes that you come on, it's just stupid. Your music's good enough where you don't need costumes. So I, yeah. I, I still think it's dumb. I, th- I still, think it's st- still think it's silly. Um, but it was through you listening to Slipknot. And, and I remember in high school, you liked them a lot. And uh, oh, I, yeah. you was just, it was constant, constant uh, making fun of you. And the band, <laughs> and and everybody in the band, and it wasn't it wasn't until like many years after that to where I started to like them, and it was a, it was it's still a process. I'm, I'm still in the process of liking them more and more. Still working on it. Still working on it. You know, it's 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 a period piece, I guess, in my life. <laughs> but it wasn't until like very recently of, of Iowa coming into play of of me thinking that this is better than than Slipknot Slipknot. So my origin story is uh, my old neighbor when I was a kid. Um, what was it? The first song I ever heard was Wait and Bleed. And um, the neighbor across the street, he was he was a few years older than me. And he was like a goth kid or whatever. And I remember I was, I was in the, we had our computer in our garage. And we had the garage door open. And I was, I don't know what the fuck I was doing on the computer. And he came over and started talking to me. He was like, hey, I got this new record. You want you this new CD? You want to hear it? I said, okay. And I listened to it, and I was really scared. I I, I was genuinely <laughs> scared by Slipknot, like the the music. And then he was he showed me what they look like, and it I was scared, man. They they were terrifying, you know, in seventh grade when you're eleven years old, or twelve years old, whatever. Sure. And then uh, I think it was like maybe like a month later, I heard "Wait and Bleed" on K Rock local radio station, and uh, and then I started, and then I realized, oh, this band actually isn't that scary when you think about it. This is actually really really cool, and I. And then ever since then, Wait and Bleed, when that song came out, I just was just hooked, just absolutely hooked to this band. I I followed them ever since then and every iteration of the band. I I get excited every time I see that, you know, they, they have a new album coming out, a new new masks. Some of them get new masks and I, so I get really dumb. into that. It is so fucking stupid. I know. I know it's so dumb, but I <laughs> yes, I get so excited. It. I get so Can't excited getting getting ready to like see what their new masks are masks are going to look like and then when they release like a group uh, like a band photo with the, with the, with them on with the new ones on like I zoom in I look and I say oh, oh okay this, this is what changed dude I know it's fucking dumb man I've always done it with this band it's just this stupid obsession I've had with this band I love them I love the this band Joey Jordison is I think one of the greatest if not the greatest drummer of all time well up there no, one of one of the greatest Nobody can really match his his feel, his flow, his his feel, his technical ability, and his groove, his swing. Everything was just he was a perfect drummer, like through and through. Amazing, amazing songwriter. But we'll get more into that later. But yeah, that's my origin story with uh, with Slipknot was was Wait and Bleed when that came out, and um, yeah, there you go. Okay. Origin okay. story. So what are you, okay. what are your first impressions on Iowa? So like like I don't remember the first time I heard it through and through, but it had to have been at some point after after hearing like Wait and Bleed and Duality and thinking like okay the Iowa is just these guys are just too crazy it's too crazy, 
let me go back to <laughs> to listening to third wave Scott and, and pop punk yeah. and then uh it wasn't until like recent years like years like honestly since i've been in arizona where i really realized that like fucking iowa is just what slipknot did in their first album iowa just did it more hatefully they are they are really aggressive in their first album, but it's 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 by a band that that wanted to do something different. Iowa is by a band that fucking hated it, hated themselves, hated each other, just a lot of hate, a lot of really bad guys in really bad places. And Iowa comes out, and it's it's kind of the most like depressingly aggressive, hateful albums I've ever heard. It's yeah, it's true. really good. It, it's it's it's, I, I compare things to Pinkerton a lot because I know it so well. It, it's like listening to Pinkerton and saying, like, wow, I can really hear this guy falling apart through his emotional connection to his music. Iowa's like, dude, I can really hear this band. Like, they may not have been a band after Iowa. They, they, they damn near may not have been a band after this. How much they hated yeah. each other. How much fucking drugs were involved in this. How this, this record was just chaotic through and through. Even like Ross Robinson got yeah. fucked up during the recording of this process, and it's like, dude, this may yeah. never have this band may cease to exist after this album. It's, it's it's unbelievable how much hate is involved in making this album, and I think that's why You're it's totally so right. damn good for me. I just I just like wow, they channeled all that that negativity, nothing but negative, right? I there's like no positive yeah, things that positive any band right. member has ever said about this album except that they love it. Other than that, it's like, no, this was the fucking worst part of my life is recording this album. It's like, how the hell did you make it past this? Maybe it's all just part of the gimmick. I don't know, because th- this band is a gimmick. But maybe it's all part of the gimmick. I don't know. But god damn, dude, like, the music shows. This is, a, this is nasty stuff. This is nasty, nasty stuff. Yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, you know, it's nine guys. Nine guys in this band. And, you know, they they all come from like a kind of rural part of the United States. They're not used to this kind of fame, this kind of extensive touring, you know, when you, then you throw drugs and alcohol into the mix, that just makes it way fucking worse. And I, I mean, if you watch videos of this era, especially on this tour, when they were touring this record, you could just tell they hated each other the way that they talked to each other. I saw this video where where Sid jumped into the crowd and lost like this, like, ten thousand dollar camera and Corey was like like about to fight him like Corey was about to beat the shit out of Sid, like screaming at him and pushing him and shit and like they were just constantly at blows like they wanted to kill each other and had they not after this record had they not gone and done like the solo or the side stuff like stone sour and murder dolls slipknot would have never come back without a doubt like they needed that that outside kind of experience outside of slipknot to like realize oh okay maybe slipknot wasn't so bad i've grown and then they get back and then, then they do volume three but yeah no they i mean everything i've read and everything i've seen during this cycle this album and touring cycle they they truly hated each other it's crazy but it made <laughs> for crazy. great it made for great fucking songs and then you brought up ross uh, you know he broke his back uh right when they started recording this record dirt bike right because he's a huge dirt bike writer and he broke his back uh, writing, and he still came into the studio on crutches and fucked with the band while on crutches. Like, Ross Ross is a... There's nobody like Ross. There truly is not. He's he's one of the most unique, insane producers or people in the music industry. You know, he's just... 
there's nobody like fucking Ross at all. Just, not even uh, close. It, not it even is true. Close. It is true. I, I, I this every band that is that, that we've ever talked about that puts out an album during a period of their of their tenure where they've hated each other so much is never great. At best, it's it's good, entertaining, it's fun, but it's never great. This yeah. is. This is great, and then you got like the guitarist, right? The guitarist, what's the, the from the Josh? Was, the, what's the other one? Which one? Isn't there another one, Jim or something? James, Jim's. So J- Jim Root was the guy who he didn't really play on this, or, or no, he played on Iowa. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of self. Yeah, he was yeah, mad Jim, about the first Jim and one. Nick, yeah, he was yeah. pissed off about the first one because he came in late or something and didn't have like a lot to do with the first album, and so he's already all fucking pissed off and he's already wanting to do more with this album. And so then they're leaning on him to do so. And so now it's like, it's like, okay, well, you know, like, like put up or shut up. Let's see what you got. And so like, those are big shoes to fill because that first album fucking blew up and it was insanely big. But now like, like Jim is, is forced to write music because you know he wanted to, he wanted to, he wanted a more active role, but now he's being forced to do it amidst everybody kind of like, Breathing down his neck the whole time, being a douchebag yeah. to him. These guys were fucking horrible to each other. And, and that I, and that first record, that first record was primarily written by Joey and Paul and Sean as well, but mostly Joey and Paul wrote that first record. Riffs everything like that. That is their that's their baby. That's their thing. And then to ha- to bring in the other guys more so on this record, that's kind of why I feel like this this record is stylistically a bit different. Because it wasn't just those three guys; it was more of a band, a little bit more of a band effort. And uh, I, I was don't trying. Know, man. This I, I was trying was like insane. I was trying like all week to think of a band that put out a record during a time of, of that should have been like a hiatus, really. That that was so yeah. aggressive for that band. That was just so noisy. That was just like let's just play everything as hard as fucking possible because I'm pissed off at everybody. I hate myself. I hate my family. I hate my bandmates. I, I can't think of any other band that like did it and then still like stayed together the way Slipknot did for, for X amount of records because even, even like, like the, the percussion parts, right. Even, even like Sean, his, his percussion things, which people make fun of like, how many percussions do you need in a fucking band? And like more so <laughs> than Slipknot, Slipknot, you hear these fucking percussion parts. You hear them. Yeah. They are in the fucking front. They are like the loud parts of these transition parts. You hear, I think they're called timpanies, timpanies, those yeah. huge fucking drums. Big, you hear yeah. those. And like that's he's not just climbing on top of them and shaking his head like in the videos. He's actually playing <laughs> these very, very loudly. I don't know like what that even means, but you can hear them. And you couldn't yeah, really you could hear them in Slipknot Slipknot. But this one you See, hear. Yeah, I disagree. Em. I I I think no, I think I disagree on that. No, part. there are two songs in here where like those those percussion parts are in the front. They turn them up in the mix, they're in the front, they are the solo essentially, or the lead parts of that song. You never had that in Slipknot, Slipknot. You never had the percussion part, not the drumming, but the percussion, these wacky fucking instruments that really don't belong <laughs> in metal music being in the front in, as, as yeah, a lead, yeah. as a transition. Mm-hmm. It's fucking oh, wild. Man. It's weird. It is. It totally is. Um, and then, you know, Ross, Ross, bringing it back to Ross, he... Um, he knows how to channel this kind of anger. Like he knows how to provoke these band members and, and get the best performance out of them and just make them fucking rage. And it, it it's just, 
any other producer, any other studio session, if there was this much animosity with a band, the whole band would crumble in the studio and there would just be, it would just be a shit show and there wouldn't even be an album because they hated each other. But Ross was able to, to, to gather that, that energy and just throw it into the music. And that's something unique and special that Ross possesses. He knows how to, how to talk to people. He knows how to push people and, and really fuck with them when he needs to. I mean, we've talked about him on the pod plenty of times before, but you know, on the first record, on the first Slipknot record, he was throwing shit at Joey while he was playing drums. He was throwing potted plants at Joey while he was playing just to piss him off and just to kind of make him fuck up and just kind of annoy the shit out of him to get that, that, that aggression that he wanted to hear in the drums. So I just, that's the kind of shit that Rasa does. <laughs> I mean, fucking and wild then back then. I mean, especially in the nineties and early two thousands, he made it, he made it that like, if you were playing guitar or bass, he made you stand up and play all your parts standing and not sitting down because his thought was, well, if you're going to play these songs, you're going to be playing when you play them live, you're going to be playing them standing up, not sitting down. So you need to be standing up when you play these, even if they're hard, if they're, if they're too hard for you, then don't play it. Which is, I because mean, I, first I 100% agree. Yeah. And he would just, and the way he like gets in with the bands, like he'll, he'll talk to each member and, and what they, what they're playing. And then he, he talks to them about like, why are you writing this? Why did you write this, these lyrics, right? Why did you write this riff? Like, what does this mean to you? And then he'll like push them on like, on why, why does this piss you off? Why did you, why did you write this riff? This doesn't sound good. Like that he'll, he'll just like push people's buttons until it, they just kind of want to explode. Like everybody that talks about Ross say how much they love him and how much they hate him at the same time. <laughs> how much they because love him, they, how much they never want to work with him again. That, exactly. That's why most bands never work with him more than once. Korn did it three times and the third time almost killed Jonathan Davis. Like literally it almost killed him. And then, you know, Slipknot did it twice. Limbiscuit did it once. At the drive-in did, did it once. At the drive did it once. Yeah. Uh, the Cure only did it once because if you read, did you ever read anything about the Cure sessions no. in 2004? Oh, he got, I mean, yeah, there was some crazy, not I crazy stories, but like he pissed off Robert Smith really bad. Well, I know, can right? only imagine Robert Smith and, and mixing with Ross Robinson, two mm-hmm. different very, uh, I, I, approaches to music. Yeah. Ro- Ross has even said in interviews that he regrets those sessions because he treated, he treated, uh, robert smith like he was 20 years old like like he wanted robert smith to make that first cure record again and not really realizing that you know it's 20 years 25 years on like that's never gonna happen so he kind of he's always said he's regretted that <laughs> but um but yeah i don't know so Ross good. Is, he's fucking he's insane man you read anything about him he's he's fucking awesome though love the guy would yeah, love to meet him someday so would really love to meet him i don't know <sighs> all right um left behind let's get into that right yeah since we already played it i only so, got a, i only uh, got a couple songs in the album that are, that are actual okay songs for me and that's one of them really yeah well so how many bangers do you have let's see i have one because i assume you have no stinkers because no that's so we talk yeah i think i only have one okay song it's just left behind yeah Oh my god, dude, you're so dumb. I, I have a couple songs that I listed as like low bees because I got I got lazy with like listing bangers. Okay. So I put like low B, <laughs> mid B <laughs> for like my top like seven, they are are fucking legit. All right. Well Left Behind is my eight B. So I there's really that. like that song. 
I do. I think it's a fucking great song. I, I don't you know do. why you because you like balance. What, and you what like stupid shit? So that's fine. <laughs> what don't you like about this song? I'm really curious. I get really deep about the singing. <laughs> Just, whatever. Get out of there. Well, I like how he. I like the way he goes from the the singing to the screaming in within the verses. Like it's not just like a screaming chorus, then a big soaring or a, a screaming verse, and then a big soaring chorus, melodic chorus. Like he's just kind of throwing it in randomly. Well, not randomly, but I mean, it's just it's very balanced, a good balance of it. I think it's a fucking killer song. Really kind of crunchy, high guitar, you know, riffs that just should not sound good. But for whatever reason, it sounds awesome in this. Joey's Joey is so perfect that he doesn't overplay on this song at all. Like he plays to this song one hundred percent. There's nothing super flashy about his playing, and I, I love that. I just love his songwriting capabilities. He's the fucking best. Man, I'm just gonna gush all over this band. I don't give a fuck. I mean, he he. As far as like individual performances are concerned, I probably. I'd probably list him as like the best and then the second would be Corey Taylor, but it's really close. But as far as like okay. instruments, actual playing instruments, I mean, it's, it's, it's no match. It, it, it's not even close. Joey no, is the best actual musician on the album, on the band. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So that, uh, it's, it's an okay yeah. song. Whatever. I don't care. Just okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I guess enough people have heard. I guess if people are listening to this this episode, they've heard this song enough. So, what what do you have lyrically on this one? I mean, we have I have like fucking twenty five B's, but that's fine. Okay, we then we'll, no, we'll move on. This is we this song's about like we, the the friends Corey had when he made when he was sleeping under a bridge in in, in Des Moines, Iowa. I mean, he gives a shit about fucking Iowa cities. <laughs> Don't care. You're right. You're totally right. And uh, this song was nominated for a Grammy in 2002 for Best Metal Performance. But uh, Tool Did not win. beat them Tool out. Tool won, yeah. yes. Schism. That song sucks, too. You know what's funny, though? What song Iowa? do you think is better? Oh, there's so what? many songs that are better. Actually, every song on the album is better than this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just going off of uh, backpacking on, on Iowa. Do you know what, uh, do you know what play is, is, is set in, in Iowa? What play? Or musical? No. no? Is uh, the Music Man? Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I did not know that. You should I mean, know that, though. Okay. Why should I know that? Because it's a fucking fantastic musical. I don't think I've ever heard or seen that musical. Ooh. I really don't think I have. But you're you're a musical man. I'm not. Don't like. I don't like this. Well, it's the way she why have we boys. not done Joseph and the Amazing Technique of the Dream Girl on the podcast? That's that's what I really want to know. Because I I haven't picked it yet. That's huh. why. I don't think I've even added it. I'm going to add a little subsection of plays. No, it's on there. You, you I, added I, like soundtracks, I think. I don't think and I added Joseph, though. I think you did. Well, let's, 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 let's anyway. move on. Let's move on. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, let's move on. What, what's your 1B? Uh, disaster one Piece. Disaster Piece. This is Oof. my 1B. This is my That's, favorite song on the album. That is also my 1B. Is it really? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I, I will say, this, this intro here is... Is 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 insane. Joey's drum fills in the intro are so quick and tight. I swear to God, like you, it's like blinking, you'll miss it if you don't fucking even listen to what he's <laughs> doing. It will just sound like he's not doing the fills because he's already kind of like doing an intro fill itself, but he's adding these little yeah. flourishes that they're so fast, they're so tight, they're fucking like it's like a robot. It's like a robot playing. It's like something I is know. somebody's programming drums here, but they don't. 
they don't they still, like lose their their edge. It's still like a nice wall of percussive sound. Every note that he hits is still like on its own, audible, distinguishable, fantastic. Yes, and and I've seen a lot of people talk about his drumming, and people always compliment him on how how not only hard he hits but how much he like he raises the stick above like i guess like there's a thing with with drummers like if you're just like barely tapping the drums or like you're barely lifting the stick up and then hitting the the drums like that's not good technique like you have to do like a full a full like actual big hit to make it actually to have good technique and everybody always compliments joey on on his great technique as well as his speed his tech his technical technicality everything like everything about this guy is fucking perfect this this intro this sound right here so i watched i watched his i watched this like 12 minute performance that joey did with metallica when lars Mm -hmm. couldn't play for whatever the fuck reason it was he was like hospitalized or something who even cares right because because anytime you can have any better drummer (laughs) play drums on metallica with (laughs) lars and it's cool because you can see like joey is really playing to the songs and it's cool because like you know Rob Trujillo is doing the little crab walk thing that he does, and and Hetfield's yeah. kind of looking at Joey like, dude, just do it, let loose. And so Joey, <laughs> Joey does what he's doing here. Is he plays Lars's his his beats? He I think he does Seek and Destroy, maybe for Who and the Beltles. Enter Sandman and does Enter Sandman. Yeah, just a bunch of like really easy parts, and he plays them just basic, basic. But it's one of those things like in the intro here that if you are just kind of listening for the song, you'll miss what he's doing. But then you watch like the video and you hear the real nuance. He's adding so many fucking notes. Like so he's playing yeah. two, three times as many notes as Lars would. But they're never they're never overpowering. They're never taking the front stage. They're always just like always in the back. They're always so subtle. And I just I, I cannot believe that somebody can be so subtle and so aggressive at the same time. I know, right? It's just I, I honestly I I I I have no words. I have no fucking words because I cannot believe how hard he can hit these drums, how fast he can be, how many notes he can throw in there. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, well, I, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even fucking know. And, and also considering his, he has a big kit. His drum kit is huge, a lot of pieces. And he every song, he plays almost every fucking drum and every cymbal. Like he, there's nothing that is left untouched by the end of any of the songs, and but he, it's never. He is a busy drummer, but it never sounds busy. It doesn't sound yeah. like you know when you when you listen to like Avenged Sevenfold, like old Avenged Sevenfold when the Rev was in the band, amazing drummer. But there were moments in busy. that band busy, in those songs busy. where it, it was way too much. It was way too busy. It didn't fit to the song. Right. But with Joey, I don't. I I can't. I can't explain it. It's his. It's his ear. It's his songwriting capability. He's, he's just, humble. He's he's a humble, he busy drummer. Yeah. Travis Barker and is the complete opposite. He's busy yeah. and a fucking egotistical shithead. Busy, busy, busy. Joey's extremely busy, but he's yeah. so fucking humble. He is so happy to let everybody else just be the band. But like, god damn, dude, the guy throws in stuff and it's just like, okay, like that's cool. A drum roll to a little, you know, bell on on, on the ride to transition to the next song, but then he'll add one other little teeny tiny note in there. That's just something <laughs> fucking weird. Oh, wow. I didn't expect anybody to do that. That's cool. And it's already I know. Done. He's very unique. I, I totally agree. And disaster piece is that, is that instance because you know, you, you have that, that big kind of long intro and then 
the whole song just ex- explodes and then he goes into that double bass part and it just it's fucking in, it's just this song is insane this song is, their, is absolutely insane this is like their punker song it's fast it's pretty straightforward it's just really really fucking angry i think this and um and people equal shit are like the the hardcore punk songs on this record because they're they're fast they're just straight up aggressive songs they don't stop um and and the bridge and disaster piece you know just the the way they break it all down and then they build back up with and then the way Joey builds back up into the the ending of disaster of this song is 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 a masterpiece it's truly a masterpiece <laughs> this song and, this song is fucking good <laughs> and so i i mean i assume you watch the the drum video the drum cam videos oh yeah so so back in 2002 i, I believe it was they still not came out with a dvd and it was a whole performance from their london their london one of their london shows and there's a it was really cool on the dvd you could go into like the special features and and they were all numbered zero through eight and you could choose the number and you would just only watch the cam of that particular member of the band so you could watch you know cory only cory the entire time you could watch only jim the entire time and i remember i had that dvd and i would just sit there and watch the three Joey songs. It was Heretic Anthem, this song Disaster Piece, and People Equal Shit. And I would watch those three drum cam videos like on a loop. I was just, I've always been so entranced by his drumming. And if nobody's ever watched those videos, just look them up on YouTube. They're, he's fucking awesome. Let's play, yeah. let's play a little bit of Disaster Piece. Okay. Sound good? Yes, sir. All right, so here we go. Disaster Piece from uh, the Slipknots. There it is, disaster piece from Slipknot. It's fucking relentless. It never, never stops. 
<laughs> so <laughs> let's let's jump into some of the other instruments. You know, the vocals, the guitar. What what, what do you think? What, what do you got on those things? There's 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 a lot of cool build on this song. There, there there's this. Okay, so the roll the roll and lead into the second verse, fucking boss. It is so perfect. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite parts in the album. And then the post chorus i'm going just by like the the genius lyrics thing the post chorus yeah. part is even better because it builds from that previous one and it, it it builds from that previous fill to make it better and and just like i don't know lets it bleed into like that third verse and like that yeah. that kind of like songwriting that kind of complexity from a band that is just a throwaway like metal band right like like if and I was that was on the, on the same board for many years. It's just uh, oh, Slipknot, just a, a gimmicky metal band, whatever. That's a throwaway thing to listen to, whatever. But you <laughs> listen to it, you break it down, and you think, damn, they are writing songs that are building on themselves, that are taking parts from earlier parts of the same song, and and just I don't know, building on them to make them better, to make them more complex. Yeah. And that's all in like three or four minutes. <laughs> it's fucking genius. It is genius. It's really genius. And there's yeah. a super sick fucking bass line that leads into the outro. So fucking rad. Is there? Bow. I'm trying to think. Is, is, is it just just that? <laughs> yeah, there's a Dalia. Bow. Bass line. That just, uh, it's, come on. It's fucking fantastic. Dalia a Dalia bass line. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so good. This song is just, it's, it's so it goddamn is. good. And that, this, I mean, this is my, I, I don't know, like a lot of, Slipknot lyrics because I don't listen to them constantly. I've not been listening to them constantly, but this is one of the more quotable uh, Slipknot lyrics that I do is that <laughs> that 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 Corey Taylor one, which is goofy. It is goofy, but it's also very aggressive. Very aggressive. Yeah. Oh yeah. That first very, verse very controversial. And, and I mean, and, the, okay. Let, let's get let's get a, into the first three lines of that first verse. I want to slit your throat and fuck the wound. I want to push my face in and feel the swoon. I want to dig inside, find a little bit of me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's fucking brutal. And going through this week the lyrics, I dude, he has some great fucking lyrics. The his his not I guess word usage or the, his play on words are just they're fucking top notch, man. He's a really good lyricist or he was at this time. I he's, can't really say for now, but he's a great lyricist for this type of music, if not like mm-hmm. the best. When I'm listening to Iowa, I don't want to dig deep because I mean they're all pretty face value stuffs. But for the most part, yeah, that's that's a deliberate thing that he is doing to make them face value. And so you think like, if I'm going to write music, I'm going to write lyrics that are face value. How can I get my point across in the most aggressive way possible? It's like okay, well. I want to slit your throat and fuck the wound. Like that is the most aggressive way to get your face value lyric across. <laughs> yeah. And like we just you just don't hear that kind of shit, man. Like this is uh, even like the most aggressive of like like even like hip hop, right? Like fuck the police by NWA. That is the mm-hmm. most like aggressively upfront face value lyric probably in hip hop history. That is yeah, like no, what, I agree. that that is what like this is kind of in line with. It is just straightforward. Like here is my anger. Here is the only way, as a human, I know how to translate that anger into lyrical form. This is why I'm pissed off. Done. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
And I will say, a lot of people can't pull off these kind of aggressive li- aggressive lyrics because they, they come off can't. stupid. They come off silly. Yeah. They come off campy. But not one part of this album is camp. Like everything about this fucking album is so is so tailored. Eh, Corey tailored is so tailored yeah. to be like part of this this grand gesture of 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 the Slipknot lore, right? The the cover art, everything about this. I, I'm with you. I'm but totally fucking, with like, you. Why does it fucking work? Every piece of this fucking puzzle <laughs> fits perfectly. It does. It absolutely does. <laughs> I love the cover art, too. I absolutely love the cover. I think this I think is it's, like their think it's best, the best cover out by yeah. far. Without not, not even close. I think it's by far their best cover. And I, I think it's so disgusting. I think it's so fucking nasty. I, I, I think it comes out at a time before the 2000s hit, before people started not caring so much about what people look like and, and becoming more woke, as it were to be. This, this is like the, the, the changing of the guard almost. Here we have like this, this fucking goat head, the devil. We're looking at the devil, right, by all Christian yeah. standpoints. We are looking at the cover art of a devil. It's, it, oh, God damn, it's so good. <laughs> it uh, really goosebumps. is man I'm showing you but you can't see he's not here but I'm showing you I actually have my arm raised and I'm showing you goosebumps on my arms showing, showing me goosebumps <laughs> yeah just because of habit like I look I got goosebumps <laughs> but you're not nobody's here just yeah, me yeah, I can't see by that. myself you alone in the office mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's all um, yeah man the, the, the lyrics are, are fucking I mean everything about this song is, is amazing um, do you want to move on from this one get into yeah. your 2B what was your? Th- this was your one B. This is my one B. Yeah, this is my one B. Oh, wow. Well, okay, real, real, real quick. Lyrically, though, like you said, none of these lyrics are super, super deep. But this one is about being bullied, taking revenge on that person, and the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory. And that's another thing too. That's another yeah. thing. We are humans, man. We are fucking. I'm flesh and blood, as Jerry Seinfeld would say. <laughs> why? Why? How? Can, like every time, not every time, but a lot of the times now. We we hear we hear songs about like being bullied or about being picked on or about I don't know somebody being aggressive to you. It's always about forgiving the person. Yeah. This is a this is a breath of fresh air. It's like man, fuck that person. I wish they would fuck die. People, yeah. God, it's so good. Like yeah, like we talk <laughs> about with, like villains. Why, why can't a villain just be fucking bad? Like why do they need a fucking backstory? I'm just nobody I'm needs a backstory. Glad to hear just somebody being mad at a bully. Like, man, you bullied me, I hope you fucking die. Oh, <laughs> God, so good. I love it. I love the, the <laughs> so honesty. Good. I love the it honesty. Is, it's honest. It's fucking yeah. honesty. I know. I know. God, this, right, is, so, this, is, uh, oh, this song is so good. It's a fucking beyond it banger. Go it's all day. It's a total go fucking banger. Yes. So everybody go listen to it and go watch the drum cam video because Joey's the best. So what's your uh, what's your two what's your number two banger? Two B right before people equal shit. People that's equal my, shit. That's my two B as well. That is my two <laughs> B as well. Can't fuck with it. You just you can't. cannot. I mean, honestly, these two songs could be interchangeable. I mean, some days people equal shit is my number one. Some days it's disaster piece. It's it's just the one two punch of just getting kicked in the face. Not even punch, getting kicked in the face. Yeah, because it just starts off so aggressive that. Just that 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 guitar riff with Joey's drum. He hits that that snare, that the snare, the toms, the snare, the toms, and it just dude, just explodes. a bunch of loud aggressive noises. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what can we do just to be 
fucking obnoxious. How can we be as loud as possible, as angry as possible, without saying any words? And that is the perfect way to, to, to drop in. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and, and, I mean, I guess we might as well talk about the first song as well, because it's, it's relevant. Uh, the song Death. Uh, it leads into it leads into or not death. It's five one five. Five one five. But all of, the only lyrics in that song is death, and it's Sid Wilson. Uh, Sid Wilson's while they were recording this record, Sid's uh, grandfather died. Sid was supposed to go visit him at the hospital, um, but he ended up like doing an extra day in the studio, and that extra day was the day that his grandpa died, and he just had like a fucking complete breakdown. So Ross, you know, talked to him and said, I'm going to lock you in this this room for like 30 minutes and just scream, just do whatever you want in the microphone. And uh, that's kind of that's pretty much what this song is. It's just like weird effects thrown onto Sid's voice. And it's once again, Ross doing something really unconventional and really kind of pushing somebody. And uh, it's, it's Ross. It's yeah. Ross. But in. in, in- is Sid the one that like people asked him at some point, like what he would be doing if he wasn't part of Slipknot? And he said that he'd be a serial killer. No, that's Craig. Oh. That's Craig. Still yeah, the, weird. the sampler guy, the guy, the the pinhead guy. Yeah, he's the only. Craig is the only member of the band that has been photographed the least. Like I think there's only been like maybe four or five confirmed pictures of him outside <laughs> of the one video when they did a when they did a press conference uh, unmasked after Paul Gray died outside of that one press conference, there's only been like four, vi- four photos ever taken of him without a mask on. Keep like, the gate how, babe, dude. That's how, that's how hard, that's how well he conceal he conceals his identity. I like that. I got to keep the kayfabe. And you know what? I, I, I follow, I follow. So when I, when I, when I like a band, I follow all the band members their wives. I follow everything because I got in. I want to know all the behind the scenes shit. And I found out who his wife was, so I follow her on Instagram. And she actually has a private account. And but she ended up adding me as a friend. But she never posts anything of Craig, and it makes me so mad. I was like, "Fuck yeah, I got in. I could see what Craig really looks like." But Keep she the never posted dude. Anything. Keep the kayfabe. She, she even so has good. a private account. She even has a private account. Ah, so so aggravating. That's good. That's good. I like but it. um. Anyway, yeah, people equal shit. Let's get into that. Like we said, that, that intro is super, super heavy. Um, and then Corey just screaming, here we go again, motherfucker. And then that riff drops, that everything drops, and it's fucking heavy. What a what an opener. What, a, what an amazing opener to a record. Corey's <sighs> got a nice wave of like jumping in and out of like the scream and then like the kind of cleaner singing vocals. The, the way he jumps in and out of is is the best is the best here i think he does it better on this song than he ever for sure does after this album but i think that's what makes him like so great is i don't like his singing but i like his his kind of like talk singing his kind of like like lazy singing i guess it was <laughs> and that's that's what you hear here you hear him screaming and then like those that kind of like talk singing that's what i want from yeah. him like like on the on the second verse, the line is, "Everybody hates me now, so fuck it." Blood's on my face and my hands, and I don't know why. I'm not afraid to cry, but that's none of your business. Like the the end of the the end of that last line, but that's none of your business, is when he starts to scream again. But everything before that in that verse is just like him talking. It's almost like a like an inner monologue. Yeah. And then 
and then it's like he he's in his own mind he's getting really pissed off and then that last part but that's none of your business is, is like him screaming at somebody even though they're not even talking to him like it's just he's in and out of his own mind on this song and oh man dude it, it's great <laughs> and then the first i mean outside of the here we go again motherfucker the first verse the first line is come on down and see the see the idiot right here like it's it's so self-deprecating it's like you just can tell he hates himself and he just uses that that hatred toward himself in the music in his vocals in the lyrics even though like we said the lyrics can be kind of silly and stupid it's, but it's like you said it it's so it's so honest it's so upfront he he is very self-deprecating he hates himself he hates himself because of the way everybody else treats him but he knows that that he he's still part of the problem he's still an asshole he's still a fucked up guy that treats other people like shit because he gets treated like shit and it's just this this circle of shit and that's why all people are shit and it's just this, this cool like ride that we go through throughout the song where you feel so bad for this guy then you get mad at him then you then you feel bad <laughs> for him again then you get mad at him again and it's just god i love this fucking emotional roller coaster that he puts it through in this nasty song and oh my gosh so so like also you know you get the here we go again motherfucker the first, the, you know, the, it, everything drops. It's super heavy. The first verse is pretty much just him screaming the entire time. And then it goes into like a little bit of another like instrumental break, and then he says it again one more time, motherfucker. Drops into the second verse, and this is where you get more of the nuance. Like 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 we were talking about the the talking into the screaming back into some more the talking vocals into the screaming. So like he doesn't just do like it's not cookie cutter, you know. It's yeah. not like a screaming chor- a screaming verse, singing chorus. You know, it's not copy and paste. Like it's v- there's a lot of nuance in these songs, that, that, and, uh, with every instrument. That second verse has my favorite line of of the of the song too. Is he's kind of like he's kind of opening up a little bit. He says, "Everybody hates me, but fuck them." Whatever he says, mm-hmm. and then he talks about how he's not afraid to cry. But then he says, "That's none of your fucking business. That's none of your business." Yeah, and it's like oh cool. Like we see him open up a little bit, and then immediately shut down. It's like that is so human. That is so normal. That is so, that's so relatable, right? Like that's <laughs> I know. like yeah. that's what every fucking person does. You open up a little bit, and like the moment you feel any kind of, it's a defense mechanism. You close back up, and it's like, that, that's that's what we're hearing here. We're hearing that, and then it goes back into the the whole opening up again a little bit after that. But I love that 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 that's none of your business. Oh, it's yeah, so good. I love that part when he screams it. Oh, it's talking so good. to the screaming, it's fantastic. And and also the last two lines in that second verse, I want to leave without a trace because I don't want to die in this place. Oof, that's just like <laughs> straight up. That's his depression. That's him just wanting to end it all. And I think it's a great two lines. It's it's tragic, but it's so honest. Like we were, like you were saying, there's just so much honesty in in his lyrics. As silly as it is, sometimes it's so honest that you kind of you can't make fun of it. It's just so. silly because 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 we look for for things that are so like deep and complex as far as like songwriting goes and in and, and lyrics that it's like what is what is the bigger meaning here like like the modest mouse stuff like what are they trying to tell us what story here and it's like no dude this is just a guy that's really fucking mad really hurt just telling you that mm-hmm. he's fucking mad and hurt and that he wants people that don't like him to die who cares that's it. Yeah, face value. Love it. 
and then uh, and then we get that 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 break in the song, the the kind of interlude, the bridge, and it's just it's everything kind of stops, and then Joey's just hitting that the bell on the ride symbol, that din 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 din, din. and then he just goes fucking cr- like he plays that like hardcore punk beat that da 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 da, and then he the crazy fill, and it's just dude, he's 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 fucking insane. He's such an amazing drummer. Oh it's my good God. stuff. I love that break. I love that. I love that break. That bridge. <laughs> that bridge is just. Good. It's pretty good. And just how fluid he is. I, it's just like no no punk drummer can pull that off. But he's playing like a punk drummer. He's just throwing so many styles into that. Just that very small specific part of the song, and uh, and then it just and then it just drops back into the the come like Corey just screams come on and then it's just this really really heavy part and ah oh, the song this band this album fucking hell man i like all the gang vocals too the the people people equal shit the people equal shit just yeah. like that just that just that repetition over and over and over like 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 did you get it and then the <laughs> outro right the last thing that he says he says i like, got it or what did he say like got did you did get it say? or something like that he says something in the outro like like you get it which is oh, got that right yeah, I got people that right. with shit. People with shit. Like people are terrible. People are fucking awful. Did you get it? And then that's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just goes into disaster piece. And it's okay. <laughs> Here we go again. Fuck. Uh, and no breaks. Seriously, yeah, no breaks at all. <laughs> and uh I don't know if did you watch any live outside of like the drum cam of this song? Did you watch any of live videos from this? Or live videos of this song? I don't think so, no. Because whenever they 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 do like the the gang vocal thing live, it never sounds good. It never ever sounds good. Cause, because I mean Corey sounds great, but Sean and Chris like they just don't have that. It's more of like a death metal growl, so it's not really. It doesn't mesh well with Corey's voice, but it's still cool live. But yeah, it just it's not that great. I can see how that's not, not that that's great not great. Yeah, they probably can't harm very well, and then it, it, it should be like a. A call and response to the crowd. Like, yeah, Corey, yeah, people equal shit, true. and then the crowd, people equal shit. People equal shit, Corey. Crowd, people equal shit. That would be cool. That would be pretty sick, actually. So let, let's play a little bit of people equal shit, and then we'll uh, we'll move on. People so like here it is from, uh, from the Slipknots. Go away. 
There you go. People equal shit from uh, the Slipknots. So good. Ah, oh, it's fantastic. Fantastic. So then, um, <laughs> what is your, uh, what's your 3B? Okay, well, I guess I have two 4Bs here. So that makes sense. <laughs> so I guess I guess I guess one of either of these two could be my three B. Um, do you want me to say both of them, or do you want me to just go from in chronological order? Yeah, chrono. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Heretic anthem. I listed that as four B, and I have another okay. one listed as four B. So I think I just got mixed up here. But either of these two, I guess, could be my three B. Heretic anthem is the first of the two that could be my three B. Okay. No matter what. Let's get into B. that. Is it is, is it a B or is it a stinker for you? This is my four B. Oh damn, Gina! Yeah, how can you not love this song? Well, then what's your three B? Just just out of fucking curiosity here. The shape. Okay, that's not that's not one of the other ones that were possible. (laughs) I I didn't think that I didn't think the shape was going to be a B for you. Yeah, it's a low B. It's a low B. It's a low B. That's Uh, right. The Heretic Anthem. Yeah, the the chorus is a little goofy, right? With the six 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 theme, and this is another one that I make fun of a lot, Um, all the time. But it's still a solid (laughs) chorus. It's still fucking fun to sing. (laughs) And it, it, the story behind it, I don't know if that's true, but whatever. I think it's silly. It, yeah, I, I think it's part of the, 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 the lore, the kayfabe, as it was for, yeah. for Slipknot. But man, this one has such a great role to it. In the verses, just like perfect, bouncy Slipknot roll. Maybe the best yeah. like Slipknot roll, like the patented Slipknot roll on the album, maybe the best of that sound is here on this song. Okay. I don't know. All right. Um. But that double bass, though, man, it fits so well within the song. Sometimes, like, double bass can be out of place and just sound forced. Sound like, yeah. like let's just throw it in there because the drummer can do it, and it sounds great. It sounds crisp. This one sounds perfect, placement-wise. Like, obviously, the bass itself is on point. But, like, damn, it sounds like this belongs in the song. And that's so rare, at least for me. <laughs> like, double bass is just, it's, it's musical masturbation, really. And, and and this sounds like it was written within the song. Like they almost wrote parts of the song around that double bass, just so they could have it in there. Like that's how great it sounds here. What's so, what I think is so cool about this song is, you you get the verse and then you get the you get this like everybody stops and then except for the guitar, you hear that that riff keeps on going and then and then it jumps into the other the other verse and it goes everybody's so infatuated and you're like okay that that's a really cool transition you know it goes crazy you just get that guitar riff then it goes right back into the, into the verse and you're good to go and then it happens again everything stops for a very split well, actually at that part it doesn't nothing everything stops except for the drums this time and it's only the 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 bass drums that are going it's it's that double bass it's the the it's just super fucking fast and it just totally throws you off like you you can't really think of another i can't even think of another song in any genre where the double bass is essentially a solo as brief as it is it's essentially a solo in this song and it's just it's so crazy it's just it's so unconventional and it it was a ball. It was a very bold thing for them to do to throw that specific part into a song like this. It just doesn't D- make any double sense. Bass but it just, works. It's, it's stupid. It, honestly, like double bass is just dumb. It, it, yeah, it can be very stupid. It's it's because but, like like if you need a double bass to to push the song that that aggressively forward, then like the bass, the guitar, the percussion, everyone else is not doing their job. But yeah. here, oh, like totally. everybody else is doing their job. And that is again just like another accent, another another nuance that he is adding to the song. You take that double bass away, and like the song still slays. It's still fucking great. Yeah. 
but you had that in it. It's just, good God, man. It's nasty stuff. And one thing that makes Joey's drumming so great um, with Slipknot is that he obviously he's he's amazing at playing you know the, the the double bass pedal, but he he doesn't just do it constantly. Like you listen to a lot of death metal songs, speed metal songs, what thrash even, you know, it's just the entire three minute three and a half minute song is just constantly just a double bass, just going the entire time. But he does it in in small increments. He he plays the double bass to the song to accent the song but every once in a while he'll do something crazy like on heretic anthem where he does play it consistently through most of the song and like you said it it works it works in this song because everybody else has stepped it up and it everything else sounds so great but joey is just he just knows he just knows how to write a goddamn fucking drum part he's like he's like dave Grohl. he's the dave Grohl of metal you know dave Grohl can write he writes amazing drum parts but he does it in more of an alternative rocks or maybe heavy metal you know kind of yeah. way but Joey just Joey is just something else man I uh, love his drumming it's true like 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 the more the more I listen this week with and without Joey I just I just, I just kind of like like gravitated towards what is happening when he's not going crazy like what is he doing when he's not going crazy to to I don't know, like like the the obvious parts of, of like okay, obviously he's going crazy here. Obviously he's he's throwing in fills. What is he doing when he's not when he's mid verse, right? When the, when there's a yeah. verse happening, when when he's he's done his fill in the beginning, and he'll transition out of the verse with 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 whatever he's doing. What is he doing mid verse? And like that's that's really where he shines, is is these mid verse parts. He's adding these little nuance that that are humble but very busy. And and yeah, that, that's that's totally. like the best way to even I, don't know, I guess describe it is is Travis Travis Barker adds a lot of busyness and he's great it's fine but like, shut the fuck up man because the band you're playing with can't match what you're doing and Travis Barker yeah. can't write for shit just can't do it well see I I don't I don't necessarily agree with that he just can't and, and he has some great parts though he has great parts. But he can't write anything because Enema of the State is fucking unlistenable, for God's sakes, because of him. Unlistenable. I can't even do yeah, it. It's a little rough sometimes, yeah. And the only reason why Toy Page is, is, is so great is because, like, now Mark and Tom are stepping it up. Why are we even talking about Blink? But then, like, we self, talk about Blink. self-entitled or is Tom so great because Mark and Tom now have, have reached their, like, musical peak. But Travis is still doing the same shit he's done since Enema. It's just now he has a band that can kind of like reel him in and focus his energy in places they want him to do. The, like Slipknot's Iowa, they're not focusing Joey into what they want him to do. It's like the opposite. Joey is telling them what he wants them to do as a band. And like coming off of Slipknot, Slipknot, where you say he's writing a lot of this music, it's like, okay, now Joey is, is finally imparting his wisdom onto the band. And now the band is finally writing music to where Joey wants him to write music. And Joey's just Joey can do it all. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. He'll make it rain out here if he wants to make it rain. And so now the <laughs> band is writing music the way Joey wants him to write music, and Joey's an afterthought. Yeah. Humble, humble, busy. I hey man, I'm with you. And what I love about his parts is that you hear a lot of a lot of busy drummers. They do all the same fills. They do all the same little tricks. Travis is the same way. Travis Barker does a lot of the same tricks. What's so unique, or what was so unique about Joey was that you listen to any Slipknot song. 
and that he ever did and he has very everything's different it's busy but everything is different everything is nuanced differently everything he doesn't do the same like double bass tricks he doesn't do the same you know snare fills or or, or tom or anything he never he never does really anything the same and that's what i i think is just so unique and so great about him is that he never truly truly repeats himself on any song i mean not to say, i mean he had another band after he after he was fired from slipknot um that was way that was like a death metal band I mean, and his drumming on that, on those songs, and on that, those two records, are fucking insane. But it is very death metal oriented, so he played to that, that style. Like Slipknot is where he could just do whatever the fuck he wanted. But the other bands he was in, he was kind of pigeonholed. Like Sinsanum, what he played in after Slipknot was all death metal. Uh, Murder Dolls was more punk based, so he played more punk drumming than what he ever did in Slipknot. So that's another thing that makes him so great is that he can play to the genre of music. I love that. I fucking love it. I, I agree. I, I He's get the it. best. Uh, I get it. Oh, damn. So, oh, so the heretic anthem, the way the song starts off as well, you know, it's the, <laughs> it's Sid on the turntables. It's the, the countdown. And then he, he, he scratches it back to the six, six, six. And then he yeah. lets it run out. Once it hits the one, then Joey comes in with with the the um, the hi hat that and then it just fucking builds a little bit and then explodes. I love it. I, I it's a great it's such a stupid silly intro, but I fucking love it. So <laughs> it's fun. It's exciting. Hey, this this band is 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 fun. Even though they're gimmicky as shit, they're it's it's still fun. It's still a group of guys that are that are living the dream. That came from yeah. from Iowa. I don't even know what the fuck Iowa is, to be honest. And then, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what a quail is. I don't know what the fuck a quail is. What the <laughs> fuck is Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> um, so so lyrically, you know, we were we kind of mentioned, you know, it it's it's kind of a cheesy story, probably exaggerated a bit, but the record label came to them after the first record record and said, "We need you to write a a, a, a radio friendly hit, a radio friendly song." And they said, you know, fuck you. We're going to do whatever we want. Which, yeah. You know, they probably didn't say. Um, so then they wrote this song. Um, and that's where, you know, if you're 555, then I'm 666 because they're cool. Because it's the devil's number. <sighs> but I don't know. Let's play a little bit of the Heretic Anthem and then move on. Okay. Sound good? All right. So here is the Heretic Anthem from the Slipknots. Yeah, like a dead beat winner I want 
the Heretic Anthem from Slipknot. Do we have anything else on this song? Uh, no. All right. So that is your that was your three B, right? Yeah, we can, we can call it my three B. I have two four so, Bs, no three B. Well, then what's your other? What's the other B then? Skin ticket, baby. Really, it's that high? Skin ticket, oh, homie. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into this then. There's a couple cool parts of this. So for for one, I I, I like the soundscapes created in this intro. A lot of yeah. cool like ambient noises and those big percussive drums, and this is where it comes in. There's a lot of like cool percussion in this song, more so than you would normally hear up front. This is one where you like you hear these big fucking. Then I don't know, I don't know if I'm saying it right. But the timpanies, tim, timpani, timpani sounds weird. Timpani, yeah. timpani. Am I just saying it too nasally? Timpani. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're. You're trying to make it too complicated. Timpani. The pronunciation yeah. too complicated. Like those those big fucking drums that they're playing. Man, they didn't do this shit in the. I mean, they, they didn't do it this aggressively up front in Slipknot. Slipknot. This is right there. It is. It is loud. It's like it's essentially a lead part, and, and, and instead of a guitar like throwing down some cool riff, you hear these timpanies. You <laughs> you you hear them loud. You hear them fucking loud. It's so cool. <laughs> And this is like no, deep right. in the album, and it, it's kind of like, oh, why do we need fucking so many percussionists? We have a drummer, and it's like, okay, maybe you don't need like two of them to do this one little part. But damn, this part sounded so cool. It sounded so rad. I loved it no, so much. You're right. It was I mean, fucking cool. This song is almost seven minutes long, and it's really just a build-up song. Like, there's no, there's no proper verse-chorus kind of thing. It, it just. It, it starts out like you said with the soundscapes, the timpani, the, the there's a ton of percussion in this, and it's more of it's more of an experimental song, like a experimental sounding song. It's a it's about just kind of creating like uh, I hate using the word like creating a vibe, Ooh, creating vibe-age. a sort of vibe, creating a, a a kind of um, yeah, I guess vibe is the lack of a, a better tone. Word. There's a tone here, a tone. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can say tone instead of vibe. It sounds less dumb. Cliche. Nah, that's true. That's true. But it, it gets crazy. It gets wild. You know, zero. Like, just, just the way that, that Corey just kind of, he doesn't whisper the lyrics, but he just is kind of very calm about it. And then he gets louder and crazier, and he's just, like, screaming his head off. This song, uh, this is a song that you have to listen to, I feel, many times to really get the ins and outs of it and, and really get the nuance of it because this is not just like a throwaway. I mean, yeah, it's not a throwaway song. It's not a playlistable song. It's just, it sits well in the, in the track list and it's it, necessary. It kind of like, like on the surface, it is a throwaway song because if you, if you're just listening to it and, and I mean, you're tired at this point, we're, we're 11 tracks deep, <laughs> you know, this song, this album's over an hour long. So so you're you're a little tired. You're a little tired. This is a sort of 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 surface throwaway song, but but there's a lot of nuance to this. There's there's a lot going on. I I love it. Those those vocals that that Corey throws out. I I I thought he sounded like Jonathan Davis from Corn. There's a lot oh, of yeah. things that he was doing on this this song specifically more than any song that I've ever heard Slipknot do. I thought he was channeling his inner JD because the shit that he pulls. It's the same stuff that John the Davis pulls. 
like like throughout Korn's uh, discography, where where he goes from different singing, like lows to highs to whisper to actual singing to talking to whatever it is, like that's mm-hmm. that's the sound that that like that JD owns. Like that's fucking his sound. He owns that shit. And I think Corey Taylor was kind of channeling a little bit of that. I think I think you're totally right. And whenever you read the interviews of, of this era of the band, especially the the self titled record. One of their biggest influences was that first corn record. Every member talks about how much that that first record changed their their musical style and what how they how they viewed music at the time. That corn record changed everything. It changed a lot of things, and it, it sucks. It not enough people give it credit. It's 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 funny because even like even like the neighbors where we we all differ on on musical taste and whatever and and make fun of each other for whatever band that we like at the time, but, but we all, I mean, even me, a big time corn demeanor, I guess. <laughs> I don't hate them. Yeah. I, I demean them. And, and, and only and because I them. like them so much. That is also a big part of it. But, yeah. but like, I don't know, we all come together on, on corn's corn and, and blind. I mean, the first thing that you hear from corn, right? Their first album, the first song blind. It, it, like, what the fuck? How, what? Yeah. What is this? What is going on here? Coming that off right the coattails of like grunge, <laughs> and, and now we're getting into this weird metal stuff. But it's not like hair metal of the eighties. That we, I don't. Know, I don't want to get into the whole corn thing, but there are definitely it's similarities relevant. between Slipknot and Corn, and especially the vocal part of this specific song. And I like that. I dig that. I dig that that you can pay homage to people that have inspired you, but then take what you've heard. Not like steal it, but like make it your own and transition it, transition it into a specific sound of your own band. And Slipknot mm-hmm. is its own entity outside of Corn, but like there may not be a Slipknot without Corn, right? So like that's kind of cool. I dig that. I think Corey draws on Jonathan Davis on this song, on the song Iowa, on the song Scissors from the first record. There's a lot of Jonathan Davis kind of. Um, vocal similarities like you're saying you know the the whispering the the, the highs the, the dynamics the really the dynamics of jonathan davis's vocals Corey kind of channels into this into these particular songs um yeah i mean it it makes sense it corn what corn was doing at the in on that first record was just so unbelievably different there's no band at the time that sounded like corn like you can't, you can't even find. There's nobody. There's nobody that fucking sounds like them. Still to this day, yeah. No, to this I, day, yeah. There's nobody that sounds like Corn. It, it's remarkable that nobody's been able to imitate that sound. It's it's bizarre. Just it's like so the opening crazy. to fucking Blind is just it's so, yeah. it's so recognizable, right? Just and it's so it's so simple. five seconds into Blind, five seconds into Blind, you know what it is. Yeah, just that ride symbol. It's just the fucking ride symbol. That's all it is. <laughs> The first 35 seconds of that song is just a ride symbol before the guitar comes in. It's 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 insane. It's insanity to start your record that way and yeah, to have no, that be your first the, single. They're not the greatest band of all time, but they it are is the greatest band of all time. But, I mean, that's a silly boy talk. But Corn's Corn is the greatest record to ever be made. <laughs> that's funny. That's cute. I love I love telling that to people that don't really know me that well, and you could you see you see that that look in their face very briefly like. Like they're so taken aback, and then they're trying to be nice to me and say, "Oh yeah, it's a good record," and they're just they're like, "What the fuck?" Are you? They think I'm a total fucking idiot. 
<laughs> like, I, love, I love like I love springing that on people that just so aren't, like just don't <laughs> expect it. <laughs> like they think, oh yeah, that's a good record, or they say that's a good record. Do you think they've actually <laughs> heard the, like the record in its entirety, or just that they they don't think it's that good, but they just because I say it's so great, they just kind of say, oh yeah, that's good. You know, you know, how people are. Uh, yeah. You know, when you don't like something, and you know somebody loves something, and you're like, oh yeah, that's that's good. That's okay. That's that's it's cool. But then there's always that that split seconds where you split second where you can tell like they just they don't know what to do or what to say to you because what you said is so stupid. I mean that's so, so stupid. Yes, I meant to say crazy. Oh, it's not stupid, but well, no, what you said is stupid. Yes, corns corns is the greatest album of all time. That is stupid. Yes, correct. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, back to Skin Ticket. Actually, speaking of you're of, being uh, of of Iowa, if we're talking about the greatest albums of all time, right? So mm-hmm. so Iowa has a has has an actual connection to the actual greatest uh, album of all time which obviously is Pinkerton. Am I right? Am I right? Well, I'm right. Well, I mean, that's wrong. So, if, so, if right means wrong then yeah. So the tie in is just the, the studio they recorded that. That's it. <laughs> Wait, yeah, they yeah, recorded yeah. Oh, they oh they recorded the this at Sound City, right? Yeah. Part of Pinkerton yeah. was recorded at Sound City. Well, I mean, so many, so many records are recorded there. I mean, just, uh, just, uh, just, uh, would you crack open there, buddy? No, I cracked open a Cruz Light. Oh, uh, you got a lime? No, fuck no, I'm not a savage. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. That, there you <laughs> go. But the actual greatest album of all time was recorded at the same studio, partly Do you th- as, as Iowa. Uh, okay. I, th- I, at first I thought you were going to say Indigo Ranch, and I thought, no way they... Weezer ever recorded at Indigo Ranch, but then that's the first record. Mm-hmm. I, I wish that place was still around, but which is great, whatever, but not the best. Well, that's wrong. Uh, lyrically, what, would, what do we have on Skin be, Ticket? There would be no Iowa if it wasn't for Pinkerton action. I think about it. <laughs> what, what's this connection? <laughs> what, what are you going to say? I don't know. What stupid I, thing was just, say? I was just, I was just saying <laughs> that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't have any. I don't have anything there. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing at all. It's such a nah. dumb thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to keep talking about Pinkerton. That's that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, so what do you have lyrically on Skin Ticket? Uh, skin Ticket. I think this is his his way of 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 saying like. Uh, I don't know, come at me. Like, here I am. I'm fucking surviving. This is... And then reading more about Corey Taylor's past, it's like, God damn, bro. Like, he's even put through the ringer for, for quite a long time. And so yeah. I, I think this oh, yeah. is a song of... of, of he, is, he is saying, I, I'm the, the outro, keeping myself alive. Here's who I am. Come see my cage. Come see who I am. But I'm still like very fucked up. I'm still very hurt. I'm still very sad. But this is who I am. I kind of got that. This is just about his, his depression, about being beaten down, his entire life, mentally, emotionally, physically at, at points, and how you know it's gotten to the point where he feels like death is the only way out. I mean, the the cage the cage that you're referring to the cage is his mind, and he can't escape his mind. So the only way out is is through suicide or death. That's what I got from it. And the the the, the title "Skin Ticket" is. I don't know. I, I think that's a great title for. If he's talking about suicide. 
I don't know. I, I think that's a, it's an interesting title related to suicide. If that makes any sense, I don't know. I don't know but, what skin ticket would be like. Skin ticket, like what? I don't. I don't know like what that specifically would would have been. If if we're talking about like like suicide, like a ticket, you think you you give somebody a ticket to get in some place. Like like your like your your body your skin is your ticket into the other world through death maybe. Like well, you're ex- you're exchanging your physical body your skin, you're exchanging that that vessel to go to a different a different plane of existence so that's your ticket into that existence that's kind of how i interpreted it i mean it's probably completely wrong but i don't know that's what i got okay i don't know um all right so that was your 4b is that correct or your 44b yeah three or slash 4b I kind of like Heretic Anthem as my 3B after we talked about it. I was, I'll probably put that as my 3B. Actually, I'm going to yeah, change Heretic it right Anthem now. Boom, boom, better, boom. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you said the shape doesn't really sit anywhere for you. It's kind of a low B. We don't have the to get shape, into it. The shape is a low B. I think the first verse is boss. A lot of cool noises. It builds mm-hmm. a creepy tone. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I, I don't know. It, it's fine. It's not... It's not like a like a, a greater B, but it's still a really good song, and I really do like it. So what I what I think is so interesting. I mean, I don't want to talk about this too much because it's not your not a banger for you. But what I I think is so interesting about this song is that the the verses are very the way he's singing is not it's like talking. It's almost like a monologue, and and the drums are just kind of this like da 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 da. It's just very it's it's very kind of simplistic. And then the, it drops into this big, like, open-aired kind of chorus. You know, separate, I've lost my only way. Um, see the shape broken and thrown away. And then it drops back into those kind of those kind of weird kind of... They're just... This is a really bizarre-sounding song. But it's once it hits the bridge, the bridge, to me, is one of the most aggressive, heaviest parts of this entire record. This right here makes this entire song, and that bridge Joey's is pretty drumming. Dope. That bridge is dope. It's fucking. Like it's it. so. It's so violent. It's so aggressive. Joey's not doing anything crazy. He's just hitting the drums as hard as he can. He's playing a pretty straightforward beat, but Corey's vocals are are just so so intense. Like he's like he wants to just either rip somebody's face off or he just wants to completely destroy himself and just kill himself. You know, the the some of the lyrics in this bridge are. I mean, as kind of cheesy as they sound, it makes. I mean, it doesn't matter because it's the way he's expressing it that that makes it so intense. But I don't want to do this anymore. Everything's shit. Everything's been taken, forsaken. Got to start it over because I'm hearing it backwards. Don't make sense. Don't feel better. Who's better? It's not that simple. It's like he's like talking to himself in his in his mind. He's talking to himself in his mind, and it's just this this back and forth dialogue. And I just, it's just, it's so fucking intense. And then it drops back into one of those choruses again. This is a song that when I was growing up, I never really cared for. But as the years have gone on, it's just grown on me so much because just how, how kind of misplaced it is on the record. It it does it doesn't really belong on the record, but then it gets so intense at a point that it does. It's just, it's a very confusing song, but I, I love it for that reason. That- so that bridge yeah. I really do like. I, I, I think it builds 
it builds like overall tone well. That that sort of mm-hmm. like staccato machine gun like guitars. I, I think that helps build tone. I think that helps build into like what you were saying. I, I think there is a lot to this to this song that is really great, and I did enjoy it a lot. Um, not, I don't but know. I, I get why it's a lower B though. It's a lower. I B. totally understand. Yeah. There's just it, it's hard because you know I I've liked this I've loved this record for so long that a lot of these songs shift and change in my in my as a banger. Like at, at a certain point, I am hated was like one of my favorite songs on this record. Now it's like my ten B, but it's just like all these songs just constantly go in and out of favor for me, because I just as the years go on, I, I just I just relate to them differently. Like I don't know mentally, emotionally, not lyrically at all. But you just you hear it, well, you hear a song lyrically. one day and it and maybe lyrically I don't know, but I don't know. It, it's 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 a great song, great fucking record. That's what so makes let's, like, let's a, like, a, like a good record, like a great record, is is is, is like Pinkerton. We'll go back to Pinkerton. There, <laughs> there, Pinkerton. there are tracks that that I I I love, and then I hate, and then I love. Like Get you, for instance, probably like the easiest it's one. Of the, best one. the but like it's the easiest song to either hate or to love. There's yeah. really like no in between with Get You. Get You's always either like oh I fucking love Get You. That's like their best song on the album, or it's like ah, I wish that wasn't there. Like that's an easy one to get over or to love, but like Pinkerton is, is is an album that I I go back and forth with, which is my favorite, which is my least favorite, which is who I love, which I don't love, and like you're right, it's, it's, it, the older we get or the, the way we transition in our lives, things mean differently, and yeah. I don't have as much nostalgia. I really have no nostalgia actually with Iowa, so I I I don't I don't see that that progression or regression I guess with some of these songs. But for now, like this is <laughs> yeah. this is what I have. But it is interesting to see or hear, like how how your bangers changed over time, or, or songs you you've loved now are like okay, that's kind of like bottom tier, or vice versa. That's interesting. I like that. That's cool. That what makes like a great album a great album. I agree, and 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 also I think you and I can actually I know you and I can both relate on the, to this one, but Blink's Blink, the self titled record. You know, there. I mean, I, I mean, I know, I know, Asthenia is your favorite. Always is like has always been my favorite. But other outside of those two songs, at least for me, and I think for you, the bangers are always changing. Like always some songs, changing. I love, love. You know, Easy Target for a long time was a favorite of mine, and then for a long time, I did not. It was a bottom, <laughs> bottom tier banger for me. You know, it's just it, what, there's just some records out there that you know they 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 change with your. Uh, your emotional and mental state just, it just clicks i yeah. i miss you is a fucking perfect like example of that like thing like for a long time i miss you was just like uh, i just don't want to fucking listen to it because it's so drawn out it's so cliche it's so i'm so over it but it's a good song man it's, just it's so really good fucking song. good it's so catchy it is so well written everything about that song is so well crafted i want to get into blinks blink or i miss you so or Pinkerton, or Pinkerton right. again. God damn, these are just <laughs> fucking. But to even breathe the, 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 the these albums in the same breath as, as Iowa, Slipknot's Iowa, you know, Weezer's Pinkerton, Blink's Blink, like that's you know, pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah, you're those right. Pretty big shoes to fill. You are right. So, what is your um? Oh, you, you said your four B was uh, skin the skin tickets. Yeah. What was your four? Oh, the shape. Nope. 
Three B no, was the shape. The shape Four was B was the anthem, heretic anthem. This is the heretic yeah, yeah, yeah. anthem. Tell all your friends now. <laughs> so fucking annoying. Five B. What's your five Bs? Five Bs. Everything ends. Everything ends. Okay, that's my that's my five B as well. Oh damn, girl. You were all fucked and overrated. I think I'm gonna be sick, and it's your fault. I hate oh. the lyrics, but it sounds so cool when he says them. <laughs> it's so it's so demeaning. It's so. It's so like aggressively like derogatory, but it's also sad, right? Yeah. It's like it's like it's it's so it's so Adam. I'm not fucking Doctor Phil over here, who's probably the greatest psychiatrist that has ever been, uh, ever. Um, <laughs> but it, it's so it's so. What what do you call it? projecting? It's so projecting. It is. Right? Yeah. You're you're wrong, fucked, and overrated, and I think I'm going to be sick, and it's your fault. Like that's, and I feel like that's projecting. That's him. Being so fucked up with himself, so so not at so not okay with himself, that he's not blaming other people, and telling other people how much they're bad, but not realizing that I don't know maybe there's a middle ground there. I don't know. I really love putting the chorus in the intro. Also, it makes the choruses later on mean more, and we just yeah, don't. I totally you agree. don't. You don't see that often, like if ever, like like very very rarely do you see that. And the intro in this one is super sloppy. It's fucking weird. It doesn't really fit. None of the other later choruses sound like the intro chorus. I fucking love no. that. I love that so much. As as much as I don't like songs where where it's just like the vocalist that's kind of starts the song, it works. It works in this context just because the song itself is just fucking awesome. This record is is another level great. Um but yeah, normally I wouldn't like this kind of stuff. The chorus starting like that with with core with the vocalist singing singing it, but it works. It it does work. The well, first verse wait though, and bleed, right? Don't wait and bleed start off with that stupid fucking It does. Yeah, wait and bleed ugh. does it too. But that's that a great fucking song too. But that is but that does it so shitty though. Come on. The intro to wait and bleed. Like, do you think that's great? Do you think that could be better? Um it could be better. Better, but it's still fucking fantastic. Oh, I just I can't stand it. I really just don't like it. Like the intro to this, <laughs> the intro to everything ends. The way it is sloppy, kind of similar to Wait and Bleed. It works. It works because this song is sloppy. The song is the song is like aggressively sloppy. The song is aggressively I don't know. Confrontational. You know, until this week I never knew the lyric the first line of that that chorus was you are wrong, fucked, and overrated. I always thought it was, you're all fucked and overrated. I think I like oh, my version better. You're, you're all, all fucked, fucked and overrated. Instead of you are wrong, fucked, and overrated. I like mine better. Your version but, makes it more childish, which I guess would play more into kind of like the the, the theme of the album. Not necessarily yeah. childish, but very, very uh, honest, right? But down. also, you know, when I first heard this, I was, what, 14 years old? So I was a kid. You know, 13, 14 years old when this record came out, I'm thinking like a kid. So that's how I've always, that's how I always, I've always remembered the lyric. So that could be it too. But. True. I do like the, the first part, the, the lyrics in the first part of the, the first verse where it, it's got the lyrics. I think they're so cool. Shallow skin. I can paint with pain. I mark the trails on my arms with your disdain. Every day it's the same. I love you, hate you, but I guess I don't care anymore. I I love those lyrics. Mm. Just the just the the angst and the the anger and 
hatred that he has for this person, it just shows right there. So the way he angsty. screams it too. It is so angsty, but the way he screams it, I fucking love it. It sounds so rad. It sounds so fucking good. Yeah. <sighs> yeah I agree. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some cool, like, subtle soundscapes in the chorus too here. I, I, I can't, I couldn't tell exactly what they were. And I listen to this record not just on my vinyls, but also on headphones because okay. of this specific song. There was this, like, it sounds it's like, like a, a drone. It sounds like a guitar just wailing away on, like, the highest note possible. But, yeah, like a drone yeah. with that a ton d- of feedback. It's right. It's just like this kind of, like, what the fuck it's kind of, it it's kind of like a descending note. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was so cool. I love it. It's that. so rad. But, there, I mean, really, when you. If you listen to this record with headphones or earbuds, you can hear so much going on in the background. Like if you really take out the, the guitars and the drums, you can hear there's just so much there there's is. so much craziness going on on this entire record. Especially when you get to like the slower songs like Skin Ticket uh and Iowa especially. God damn, what what Craig does on those songs is unreal. It's so fucking rad. Like Craig is truly an underappreciated member of this band because he just, he adds so much um, depth to the songs, not just nuance, but depth to these songs. And I swear if you take out all, say you take out all of his parts from any Slipknot song, it's not going to sound the same at all. Every song has, has something unique about it because of Craig's Craig's soundscapes and, and sampling, whatever he's doing. He's truly underrated. I would, I would, I would agree. I would agree. I, I, I think that, that a lot of of Slipknot. I mean, when you have fucking nine guys in your group, right? There's, there's a reason for that. For, for X amount of years, it's not just because they're your homies. It's business. The Slipknot is a business. They're there to make money. Yeah. Ultimately, they're to support their families. So if somebody's not pulling their weight, then the chances of them leaving are are, are greater. And because there's been so many guys in their band for so long, everybody's bringing something. So then you think, like, what do you bring to the table? Second percussionist, turntablist. I don't hear any DJ scratching. But then you hear songs, yeah. like you said, like Iowa. It's fucking 15 minutes long, dude. And then you hear, it's like, a okay, wild song. I get it. I get what you're bringing in that song. Let me go back and listen to see if you're bringing the same thing in that song as, as you did in, like, other songs. And they fucking do. Every song yeah. is layered to a point where it's it's humble but but nuanced, much like Joey. It's it's humble, but like it's nuanced. They're adding things in there that you don't pick up on the first listen because you're listening for vocals ultimately, drums and then guitar and bass. Yeah. You know, but there's still what four or five other guys in the band <laughs> that are doing no. things. So it's Yeah, you're you're right. And it's funny, like when when you read ab- also when you read about Sid, the guy, the turntablist, you know, he was he was only brought into the band because of his energy, because he he was he used to go to Slipknot shows just to be crazy and just to get wild with the crowd, and and the band liked it so much that they're like, you know, join the band. He's essentially like a hype man for the band, and you watch any live performance, he's very rarely at his uh, at his station. Uh, at the turntables doing anything he's usually in the crowd running around the stage doing something insane jumping off of like a 10 foot wall you know that's just the kind of shit he does so he's like the hype man craig is the one who like 
I feel he does like all the the background stuff. Like every member has their their specific role in this band, whether it's music or whether it's performance or whatever, you know? It's this band is so unique. It's it's so cool. I love this band. Yeah, but, they they're they are something else. They are something yeah. else. Should we play a little bit of Everything Ends? What, what do you want to do? Uh, how many more songs do we have to do or talk about? We got like half more. I uh, These are all my lower Bs. I would like to get into Iowa for at least a minute. Okay. Because it's 15 minutes long. It's it's not like a yeah. B because I'm not going to playlist that shit. It's going to break up any kind of playlist I have. But fuck, man, that is a banger of a song. That is so fucking good. That is amazing. That is the perfect closer you could have for this album. I agree. I, I, <laughs> it is it's a so song, good. It's a song that just like builds and and drops and builds and drops and it doesn't it I it doesn't really go anywhere. It just kind of takes you on this weird, fucked up trip. That's what it does. There's heavy moments. There's crazy soundscapes there's there's a bit of everything on this song outside of like guitar solos you know it has everything else yeah it's a it, fucking it, insane song in much of the way like like daddy right from your from your boys yeah. like puts you on like a journey and after you're done listening to that one you're like wow what the fuck dude i i feel i just i feel, I feel, I feel yeah like I felt the same way about Iowa. I, I I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel angry. I didn't I didn't feel weird. I just I I feel feel something. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's but and I the like way that. Corey Corey just he goes he's all over the place vocally, with with his talking, his whispering, screaming. Oh, just, it's all he, very deliberate. It's all very deliberate. Yeah. Nothing's just thrown out there. And again, it's 15 minutes long, and Corey does not sing for 15 minutes. No. So it's, no, no, very, no. it's very, very deliberate. He chooses his words wisely. They're not like the greatest of lyrics, but the when, when he comes in, how he comes in, is what makes this song so damn great. Yeah. I, I, it's I love this song so I much. Mean, I think it's fantastic. But I agree with you, too. It's not a playlistable song. It's something that, can only, that should only be listened to in the context of the record to close out the record. Even just listening to the listening to the song individually, it's not the same. Like it's you not. have to come off of "New Abortion," "Metabolic," into this "New Abortion" too. The fucking title of that song is <laughs> it's so, so good, but it's so fucked and it's just so bizarre. But anyway, yeah, Iowa. Um, I also read too. Corey Taylor did a like a some sort of interview or like an AMA. I read an AMA in the last few years in the last few years, and he talked about the recording of the song. He said that when he was doing the vocals on it, um, he was completely naked, throwing up in the vocal booth, cutting yeah, what himself. What the fuck was that? Just to get like the craziest performance out of himself. And honestly, I believe it because Ross is that kind of wild and insane that I could see him pushing Corey to do shit like this. So I, I really, I believe this. I believe, truly believe this story. And like ultimately, like like musicians are really no different than than, than like actors, right? They're, it, it, it's just, it's mm-hmm. it's some type of passion, and you hear about some of these like method actors that really get into the roles, you know, like when when Christian Bale lost all that fucking weight for Memento, and then gained it all back for Batman, like these are this like crazy fucking things that like a normal person looks at and 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 sees like, dude, you're fucking nuts. 
I mean, why would you do that? But then we love those movies. We love the music so much. And like, that's yeah. what people do. People die. People die for like public opinion. Really? No, I, you're, you're, you're right. And that is, I, I, I 100% I believe that, that Corey Taylor did these things. And maybe it wasn't just because he wanted to be popular or famous, but I think it's just, it's just whatever that, that, that thing in their brain chemistry is to make them go th- that extra distance, that extra length for people's, uh, I don't want to say acceptance, but for people's uh, intriguement, right? Attention. Attention, Attention, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think think there's a little bit of attention seeking, but I think it's also, it's that mixed with some trauma, uh, mixed with, uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, you know, all these things. Because like we talked about at the beginning, uh, beginning of the episode, all the guys were strung out. They were all fucked up constantly. They hated each other. There's just... I mean, that's another reason why I believe it, because it's a way of, for him to to kind of let it all out. I mean, we we knew people back when we were teenagers that would cut themselves and would do certain things, self-mutilation, because they um, they that was their kind of way of getting their anger and frustration out. I mean, I didn't I didn't understand it. it I never did. I thought it was I just wasn't I didn't understand it at all. Let's just say that. Um but people did it and they scarred themselves for life because of it. You know, I just, it's, it's just one of those things. <laughs> this is, this is the price you pay, I guess, for like, for like really, really jumping in to the role. And again, I, I, I don't think it's any different than like method acting, even like fucking De Niro, dude, when De Niro played the, 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 the box and raging bull, how much like weight he gained and muscle and just how like kind of crazy he won in his own mind. Like these are these are you know these are the prices I never you saw pay. Raging Bull. I never oh my saw god! Bull. I know, I know, I know. It's stupid. I know. Okay. I never that, well, that's all right. That's fine. No, honestly, like I know, like the, I, I should see it. I, I know I should see it. Honestly, like the only reason why I've seen like like if you just Google like the top fucking the AFI top one hundred of all time, the only reason why I've seen all of those is because when I worked at Blockbuster, I was just renting movies left and right, and so it was yeah. just easy for me to watch like Casablanca or. or Fucking <sighs> talk about an overrated movie. Uh, fucking uh, what's your other what's your other favorite movie that you love don't so much? It. That, don't that say I, it. That I, what, I, Gone don't with the Wind. It. Oh god, ah, Gone with the Wind. One of the greatest movies ever made. Ugh. Yeah, there's there's a lot of parts to that movie that are great, but yeah, dude, come on, that 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 main female lead. Ugh, ugh. Scarlet. Ugh. Oh. Ugh. Damn, I I I mean that is just a masterpiece. Ugh, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it in a couple of years. I'll probably watch it this weekend. Yeah, besides, okay, I'm gonna watch Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Besides, like Ben Hur, I think I think Gone with the Wind has like the coolest set piece I've ever seen in my life. Like Ben Hur, part that that chariot. This is the, the this is the pan out of all the soldiers dead on the field. Oh yeah, on, like yeah. that was. Or in the, just, the it keeps town. panning. It keeps panning and panning and panning. Like how? And it was how all many, real. How many more can they people. say? How many more can they lay? How many more can they lay? But like the coolest set piece. And tragic too, but like Ben Hurd, the chariot race, man, they built a fucking coliseum to actually yeah. race, to race horses, to race chariots. What do you race? Do you race a chariot or do you race a horse? Well, you race horses, but you're on a chariot riding the horse. But it's not like a horse race. It's like a chariot race. You just have the horses pulling you. I don't well, know. I mean, but what it's a, still a horse race. But like you're not what, betting on the, the horses. You're betting on the chariot. It, it, it's no, like having like a, like a Ford Mustang... Is, 
It's like having a, a Chevy Camaro race, but you're not bidding on the engine. You're bidding on the car, the driver, right? <sighs> I, uh, st- I, don't, I, I don't think that's a fair comparison. Why not? Because it's, it's like saying, you know, the, the jockeys are the ones... Who are, are who are racing, not the horses. But it's the yeah, horses. You who ever are seen racing. a fucking horse race without somebody on his back? They, they go crazy. They go fucking left, right, up, down, underground. But they swim. Why do you think it's called? Why do you think it's called a horse race and not a jockey race? I've never been to a horse. Because race. the horse are, are all horse races? Do they have somebody on the back, or are they just they don't just like release horses? Do they? <laughs> <laughs> Did it? No, no. You're thinking of dog. Ra- you're thinking of dog racing. They, they do honestly, dog I have racing. no fucking idea. I literally in my mind right now, if somebody told me that, like. Do they actually release horse? No, there's no way. There's no, 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 way. no, 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 no. Every horse has a jockey on the back, right? Yeah, or they have them on a little chariot. You've seen that shit too, right? But like, but there's never a horse race where it's just wild Which horses. Is, no, no, okay. no, 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 not no, like no. dogs where they chase a little rabbit thing going around. No, isn't that weird? Like the dog racing thing. That's like that's like the lowest of the low. That's like. Like rock yeah, bottom. Yeah, that's fucking like poor it, people shit. Like if, if I'm gonna if you're bet, bet, I'm gonna bet on horses, bro, with the fucking guy in the back of it. Dog Reese's throw a fucking pack of baloney out there. See how? Who cares? Dogs. If you're betting on dog racing, man. You're you're you you really hit below rock bottom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like nothing good has ever come out of dog racing. Dude, the first it's episode of The Simpsons bizarre. is about dog racing. Oh God, it's stupid. Horse stupid. racing stupid too. Horse racing is equally as fucking stupid and terrible and awful and should be God. banned. I don't, I don't know how the fuck any kind of like animal racing is still like legal uh, in, I know, in, right? in the most of like the, the free world. It, it boggles my mind. Yeah, it's bizarre. There's totally. so many things to bet on. So many things to bet on. Like, why the fuck? You can literally how? bet on anything. anything. You can literally bet on anything. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it's very stupid. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so I guess, I don't know. I guess we're in. I wreck a wrap up here. It feels like <sighs> an appropriate time. Yeah, we're we're, talk, we're talking about dog racing. So I, yeah. I think we've I think we reached the end of the line. I think here. we've hit rock bottom here. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So so let's give our final thoughts on Slipknot's Iowa, and then we will rate this record based off based off of our world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album, give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So what do you got, Jeff? I, I like I like albums that do something. I like albums that take me someplace. I like albums that that make me feel, that make me question, whether it be be a political thing, a religious thing, just an interpersonal thing, or just I don't know, make me think like, wow, man, you got fucked up, and that is that is Iowa. Iowa makes me think like, wow, dude, you guys got fucked up. You guys you guys grew up in Iowa, which I looked it up. It's close to like Michigan and Chicago area. Which yeah. if I if I was a betting man before I looked it up, I would have put it over like in the the Utah area. Oh, okay. Because I, mm. I who I who gives a fuck about Iowa? Good God! So, All of our so, one listener who lives in Iowa is probably going to be banging. His yeah, head the, the, the wall. one resident of Iowa will be upset. Yes. <laughs> um, I, 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 I enjoy things that make me think. Not like not necessarily just on an intellectual plain but just make me think like wow what the fuck is happening what were you going through why did you write this much like ross robinson maybe why did you do this riff why do you think that riff is good why do you think that placement of that good riff is good a lot of these things going on here and in iowa is maybe not as 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 catchy 
it's not as approachable as Slipknot. Slipknot, but I don't think I don't think I've ever heard in, in my life. I don't think I've ever heard anything as hateful as Iowa on, on a on a on a grand. And there's a lot of shit grindcore bands that will put out hateful things. Gigi Allen done stuff <laughs> that is hateful yeah. for the sake of being hateful. But I don't think I've ever on a on a more more popular scale have heard anything as hateful as Iowa put out where everything is is everything is bad on this album everybody everybody's mindset the way they treated each other their family life their personal life everything was bad and this is just a very dark 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 album and it comes out and it's just fucking so good it's so melodic it goes somewhere yeah. it does something it's allowed to breathe even the slower songs that i find are are lower b's those are the breathing songs. Let me take a breath. I'm a fucking ex- after after disaster piece and 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 and, and be- people with shit before. I'm exhausted. Two songs deep. I'm tired. <laughs> I know. I'm fucking tired. And the only the only kind of relief you get in my plague is the chorus. <laughs> That's it's, it. It's catchy. That's it. That's the only relief you get. But then you you drop right into everything ends and then heretic anthem and and it's just like you're getting kicked in the face again. And then, and then, it, and then it, you finally get like a proper kind of r- a proper relaxation, I guess you could say, with gently. You know, you finally get that relief. I guess, yeah, relief is the better word. Relief, with gently. Yeah. And then it kind of builds more into Left Behind. It builds more into the shape, and then it gets super heavy and fast. And I am hated. And then, and then it's just like chaos again. Yeah, it but just it's like starts dark all over. chaos. It's it's not like it's not like fast aggressive chaos. It's like dark chaos, and, and, and I, it's it's weird. It's so fucking strange. And, and 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 to compare it to like a lot of like the hardcore, melodic hardcore, like bleeding through, right? It's just that's just super aggressive constantly. Yeah, but it's not like complex music. It's just aggressive for the sake of being aggressive. So therefore, it's not quite that aggressive. Because it doesn't build you up or break you down the way like a good movie would, like a good yeah, slasher, no a good movie will build you up, will break you down, will tear at your heartstrings. Whereas, as like bleeding through, which is still cool, and I, I, I have, I think I have one album on the vinyls, which is great and it's fun to listen to, and I just want to kick to start the night with something just stupid aggressive. But that's what it is. <laughs> it's stupid yeah. aggressive. This is. It is. Yeah. This is like a horror movie. This is like a horror movie that 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 will just. Never stops. It just never fucking stops. Whatever your scariest movie you've ever seen in your life, this is like this is it. The the, the music equivalent of that. And uh, yeah, I just I right. I've I've uh, God I've just never heard anything like this. I, I I think maybe Slipknot Slipknot is a better overall album, but I think what this did. I'm looking at the I'm I'm looking at the cover art right now, and I'm not even a religious dude, but dude, that's just fucked up, man. It's just weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking so at it too. I'm weird. looking at my I'm looking at my vinyl record right now. It's uh, God. I have it perched up on my uh, my record player right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's Honestly. it's a dark looking cover. <laughs> Dude, this came out like right before September 11th too. Just oh yeah. <laughs> this is one of the albums that was banned. Weren't <laughs> banned. To play it. Yeah. Banned. Isn't that fucking stupid? Oh, God. of course. I hold that whole. <sighs> was it the the radio the the FCC? Yeah, it was, it was in conjunction with somebody. I don't know who the fuck it was. Maybe it was iHeartRadio or something. I don't know. Something stupid. But yeah, that was that was dumb as fuck. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I, so what would you give this is, record? This is, a, this, this is a perfect album because there's nothing else Ooh. that sounds like this. There's really nothing else that sounds like this. Wow. Even like compare, I, even like comparing it to like Corn's Corn, that's still a different album than this. Same genre, same 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 galaxy, same planet, same atmosphere. Totally different album. Yeah, entirely different. But like in all the best ways. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're different, but the same, as Ray's Fist would say. Ray's Fist say, yeah. Ray's Fist. Ray's Fist. <laughs> <laughs> I really do, man. I, I think this is a perfect album. I, I think this, this did something that, that even still to this day have just never been accomplished. Even though I, I, I dislike much of Korn's discography, I think Korn's Korn did something that is still today never been touched. And I think New Metal itself is something that's, that people write off as, as, as a joke but that's because they can't do it straight yeah. up. And there was some really great stuff to come out of new metal. I mean, I mean, I would say maybe 80% of the shit that came out of that genre was, was trash, but that's, that's really any genre. Yeah. You know, you, you look at, you could look at eighties metal, you know, most of that stuff was trash. Uh, thrash metal. There's a lot of bad thrash fucking metal. There's grunge, a lot of bad my God, dude. Grunge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a shit. lot of it is fucking garbage. Even going back to classic rock, there's a lot of mediocre to bad classic rock music. There are the greats, yeah, but look at some of the lower, like the B, the B-listers. Yeah, Most the of the, even sure. the B-listers suck. Yeah. So I don't know. It's people really give new metal an an unfair shake, and it sucks. It's not. It's really. It's not fair. I think it's just because we're so used to like the pop centric style of writing music. And listening to music and digesting music, that that really like the Beach Boys and the Beatles helped help to solidify in culture in, in in Earth culture that when things are getting different in the '90s, we just kind of like dismiss them. And because we've dismissed yeah. them, we now have what we have today in the 2010s, <laughs> and it's just yeah. it ain't good. I'll tell you that much. Most of it's not good. Most of it isn't. Eighty percent, right? There you go. That's a good percentage. Eighty mm-hmm. percent bad, twenty percent good. Um, all right. So, so kind of my my final thoughts. I I mean, this record, I was I was there when it came out. I've loved it since it came out. I have major nostalgia for it. So many memories. I mean, I've sat with this record. I mean, I probably listened to this record probably five hundred to a thousand times. Like, I I just this record. It means so much. It's uh, it's such a spe- it holds such a special place in my music history that I mean, it's untouchable. This is an untouchable record. This is a perfect record for how unique it is, how dark it is, how aggressive. And I've always said for year many many years, Slipknot is one of the most aggressive bands out there. They're not the heaviest, but they're one of the most aggressive bands that I've ever heard. The the intensity of this band is almost unmatched. There are very few bands or songs that, that can reach the level that the songs on self-titled and this record achieve. It's, it's truly something special, truly something unique that, like we said, can, well, I don't think will ever be replicated ever, 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 ever. It's just not going to happen. No, it's like, it's like saying somebody's going to recreate Zeppelin four or any, any of the, the great Zeppelin albums. You're going to get Greta Van Fleet, but it's never going to be as good as those iconic Zeppelin records. It won't happen. 
classic Beatle records, the, the good Beatle records, Rubber Soul, Sgt. Pepper's, nothing's going to be as good as those. Help. People will try, but it's not going to be good. Van Halen 1, we've <laughs> never seen, I'll be honest, Jeff, we've never seen any band that has ever matched what they did on Van Halen 1. No, you never will. There's nothing even close. Nothing even close. And this is another record where nobody's ever going to come close to it. This is truly something unique in music, modern music history. It's 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 insane. So with that, um, this is a perfect three out of three. Fuck it. I, I I don't I don't throw out the perfect threes very often. Except every week. Uh, That's fine. But yeah, perfect three out of three. I love sure. this record. It's yeah. amazing. Gosh. We got a little bit earnest, but that's fine. It's good. It got good. It, it done got, got good. It done got good. All right. So, um, we got anything else on on the slip knots or anything like that? That's it. That's all. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, we're going into sad boy season, so stay tuned for that next week. Uh, it's going to be a bunch of sad songs. Um, so, thank you all for listening. You know, you know the drill. Give us five stars, and that's it. That's all. <laughs> I, I wish that place was still around, but which is great, whatever. But not the best. Well, that's wrong. Uh, lyrically, what, would, what do we have on skin be, ticket? There would be no Iowa if it wasn't for Pinkerton. Actually, now I think about it. <laughs> What's this connection? <laughs> what, what are you gonna say? I don't know. What's stupid I was just, I was just, I was just saying that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I don't have any. I don't have anything there. I don't know. Nothing at all. It's such a nah. dumb thing to say. <laughs> I just wanted to keep talking about Pinkerton. That's that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I've never been to a horse race. Horse do, are, are all horse races? Do they have somebody on the back, or are they just they don't just like release horses? Do they? <laughs> <laughs> Did it? No, no. You're thinking of dog. Ra- you're thinking of dog racing. They, they do Honestly, dog I have racing. no fucking idea. I literally, in my mind right now, if somebody told me that, like, do they actually <laughs> release horse? No, there's no way. There's no, 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 way. no, 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 no. Every they horse has a horse. jockey on the back, right? Yeah, or they have them on a little chariot. You've seen that shit too, right? But like, but there's never a horse race where it's just wild Which horses. Is, no, no, okay. no, 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 not like dogs where they chase a little rabbit thing going around. No, isn't that weird? Like the dog racing thing. That's like that's like the lowest of the low. That's like like rock yeah, bottom. Yeah, that's fucking like poor it, people shit. Like if, if I'm gonna if you're bet, betting, I'm gonna bet on horses, bro, with the fucking guy in the back of it. Dog Reese's throw a fucking pack of baloney out there. See how? Who cares? Dogs. If you're betting on dog racing, man. You're you're you you really hit below rock bottom. <laughs> like, <That's, laughs> like nothing good has ever come out of dog racing. Dude, the first episode in The Simpsons is about dog racing.